How was your festive period? How was your time off? Well, I took uh, two whole days. <laughs> what? Two whole at days? Christmas time. Steady on, James. Yeah. Steady on. I know. I, well, including two other days for travel. Right. So what, did you go back home? No, I can't even remember. What I, no, I went up the day before, Christmas Eve Eve, and I came back down on Boxing Day. <laughs> right. Okay. That's uh, short, and, short and sweet then. Uh, yeah, I had work to I had too much work to do. Could I you not have, take it? Could you not have done it in, in Lewis? I couldn't take it with me. No? Nope. Uh, how, how was it? Was it was it good? Was it worthwhile? Yeah, it was nice. Good to see folks. Saw my gran on the way. That's always nice. Hey, hey, gran. <laughs> she doesn't listen. To uh, I was going to say it's probably a good thing she doesn't listen. <laughs> how is how is your um? so-called festive um, yeah it was uh, it was not bad i only had one day's annual leave left because of various um anomalies with changing jobs so that wasn't Uh it wasn't great i had the public holidays 25th 26th but then i actually spent my only day's annual leave driving back to glasgow which was that's fun was it was pretty tricky actually because the first you know 70 miles the roads were white and so there was lots of... Wait, so you came on the 27th yeah 27th back to glasgow Yeah, yeah man it was snowing around then oh it was, it was not bad. not fun at all. Uh, so lots of skidding, and then I like overtook people who were being too slow, and instantly regretted it. So uh, <laughs> overtake them, and then just sit in front of them. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, not even that, not even that. I'm just like, yeah, this guy's only going thirty. I could do forty, and then you try and overtake and realize your acceleration. Ooh, yeah, and like even as soon as you start to turn out, like past the car, your anti lock brakes come on, and you're heading for a ditch. So yeah, I learned my lesson. Slow people. Congrats, you made it. Slow people are good people. Slow people are good people, eh, depending on when they're slow. <laughs> uh, depends on the situation, that's very true. Wait, wait, what would be a bad situation for a slow person? Suppose if you need CPR, if you're... If well, on a normal good road. If your leg fell off. You, if you know, you're just on a good road, a normal road. <laughs> okay. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, well, anyway, Seesaw Parade, back. Um, 2018. 2018. Yeah, this is, uh, I've only realised now, I think this is now three years since we first started this show. Yep. Which something like that was born, I think, November 2014. Um, yep. I'll over, give you that over some coffee. Yeah, yeah, and we decided to do a podcast. This is episode one one six. I want to say one one five. Such a small number. And yeah, I'm it was so when I was. At this. It was when I was looking through it. I was like, okay, three years, hundred and fifteen ish episodes. <laughs> wow, that's like how many a year? That's like we're not doing well. Less than forty. Yeah, it's less than forty a year. It's fine, it's fine. We'll, okay. we'll do more. Shall we? No, we won't do more. Do our absolute best to have one at least every week this year. I know that's that's just not going to happen, is it? Okay, so you've just said like one a week. You okay, well, well, no, no, no. I'm going to rephrase try our that. Best. Does that mean that we can do like doubles some weeks if we miss one? No, is that what you're saying? No, because that means like double the amount of work for me editing it. And also, I know I can do this. <laughs> I can do this because I'm in America for yeah. you know, 12 days. I'm in Norway. I'm in... Oswestry, I'm on all these places. I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, we just treat this as, as casually as we always have. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I posted like a New Year's uh, message on our social media, which I said, said something along the lines of, may the new year bring the same standard of uh, professionalism that we have shown over the last year. So people not expecting a lot. Yeah, have fun, everyone. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, to start the professionalism off, I... I'm. I'm in a. I have to point out. I, I am bothered by how echoey I sound. Okay. Well, I can't pick it up on this side. So I'm uh, hoping the mic doesn't pick it up. But it sounds really weird talking in this in this new room. Do you have a new house? No, I just. I've, I now have two rooms in the one house. 
So I'm using one of them <laughs> you to build sleep another in, one. and the other one to do everything else in. Okay, yeah. So uh, welcome to Seesaw Parade episode. What is 115? I did ju- I've just checked. 115. 115. Well, let's just say, okay, let's aim for 40 this year. 40 episodes. We have to get at least 40 episodes this year. That sounds good to me. That means we're only missing like one... It's like a real job. Yeah, it's like, miss- it's like missing one episode a month. That's doable. I believe, I believe in us. Okay, so do I. Uh, I'm Colin and he is James. Yes, I am. And uh, yeah, we're bringing that one back. And in the, the, the weeks that we've been gone... Three weeks, what was it? Yeah, three weeks or so. I mean, not, wow. an awful, not an awful lot's happened, I'll be honest. Well, no, a lot has happened, but it just feels like it was longer than three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, we've got a few things coming up. I'm going to talk about, ooh, let's see, Star Wars, uh, Best of 2017, Black Mirror, Golden Globes, but... I'm afraid we're going to have to start with Donald Trump now. Okay, that's fine by me. I know the guy. I'm not going to talk about it in too much depth, but because he is kind of the headline this week, certainly. Let's go first of all to to his international diplomacy, if we can call it that. Yep, that's a generous term. Now, we joked before, I remember the very quote, in fact, it's on YouTube, it's one of James's tremendous seat operate shorts. He talks about... Which are definitely coming back to real soon, real, real soon. He talks about... Donald Trump's dad being bigger than Kim Jong-un's dad. My dad yeah. will beat up your dad. My dad will yeah. blow up your dad. Uh-huh. He literally said this week that his nuclear bu- his nuclear button is bigger than Kim Jong-un's nuclear button. Yes, it is. What is his the button world? is at least <laughs> half an inch bigger. It's also more red. It's also angrier. Um, I don't understand why this is still going on. This war of words, which I think started back in August and was probably at its worst then, just seems to pop up now and again. Are they not? I, I don't see what is the point of this. Well, because Kim's winning them. It, he wants to do it more again and again. And then Trump, just being Trump, has to reply. But Kim just wins every time. Because Trump replies. Even getting a reply from Trump means Kim's won. And this one in particular, I mean, I don't really think anyone's you know, questioning that the US have more bombs and more missiles than the North Koreans yeah, do. For, yeah, North Korea, like, he wasn't tweeting out, hey, we've got the biggest nuclear <laughs> arsenal in the world. No, 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 wasn't the biggest nuclear arsenal, it was the biggest button. Well, true, but but that's what the button is is, is a metaphor for, right? <laughs> how, big, how big is this button we're talking? Like, how, Well, how I'm big? pretty sure Trump doesn't have a button. He's got a briefcase with a key and some keyboards which are technically a lot of buttons, but he doesn't have one big angry red button. There must be a button. Well, maybe the enter key on the keyboard <laughs> in the briefcase. Well, that, count. well that's, that's not... pretty standardized. And they're also not that big. It depends on the keyboard. If it's like a, an 86 key thing, that's quite small. Okay, I've never actually counted the amount of keys. The other thing, when you're talking about that, yeah, you're right. He probably doesn't have a, you know, bespoke button, you know. <laughs> it's just beside the one to call the interns in. <laughs> it's just like, don't sit there, don't sit there. Uh, no, I, I, and also Why would the I, button be on a seat, Colin? I don't know. Why did, oh, I, did, I said something that was at least mildly funny. <laughs> my, well, I thought mine was mildly funny. You follow up with something that doesn't even make sense. Well, he's, just, he's maybe gone in the Oval Office somewhere, just by, like a button. 18, everyone. You know, I'm sure he has a button. Whether it's not, it's the nuclear button. He has a button in the Oval Office, I can guarantee it. How many, how many buttons do you think there are in the Oval Office? Not including, like, clothing <sighs> buttons. He will certainly have a panic button. I can guarantee he's he does. He's got a panic button, yeah. He will have like a fetch the secret service button but that's not a panic button no that's that's a separate button he has two he has two different buttons which he has has to be very careful which one he presses one of them is like (laughs) fetch a secret service but i am calm yeah exactly yeah that kind of button i imagine i imagine two or three but they must be pretty separate right trump let us know um how many buttons are there i've got loads of buttons in my office 
at least 86, <laughs> Trump. I've never counted the amount of buttons in my room. Uh, to be fair, I've probably got more in my closet. Also, I don't know why I become American. In my closet, yes, I've got lots in my closet. As opposed to my cupboard. Do Americans say closet? Yeah, they do. Trump, let us know. Do Americans say closet? Um, so, again, this is the, the latest in the, the long line of barbs between the two nations. Does Which this... Twitter being used for foreign relations. I mean, I don't understand. Again, I think it's incredibly... I don't know. I don't want to say immoral, but to to talk about the weapons, which literally, I don't know, incinerate people in all the horrible ways in which and you die. have incinerated people. Exactly. And, you know, survivors are given long and painful deaths. And suddenly to be like, hey, I've, my button's bigger than your button. I can blow up more people than you can blow up. That seems awfully... Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very... It's very it shows a lack of empathy, at least. It's very DJT, but it's, uh, it's not very human. Oh, those two statements work entirely together. <laughs> so insinuating that Donald J. Trump is not a is not a human being. Basically. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um. Oh, I don't know. It's 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 just him doing his thing. It's his posturing thing. And it's a good way to start the year. Yeah. Oh no, a great way. I mean, taking where twenty seventeen left off, fire and fury and uh, and all that stuff, yeah. and coming to uh, to my buttons bigger than your button. Great. Great to be here in the new thank year. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Trumpy. Yeah. Uh, let's let's go to just again very briefly Trump's uh, falling outs on home soil, and this one between him and Steve Bannon, who Steve Bannon, who has lost his mind. Yeah, well, in Trump's words, He's lost his mind, has Trump. lost his mind. Now, Steve Bannon, that's it. For anybody who, uh, who who can't keep track of the amount of names going in and out of the White House, uh, Steve Bannon is essentially his. He was his former strategist and was a. Kind of the de facto, I don't know, day-to-day runner of the show in the White House for certainly a few months before he left and joined Breitbart News, which is the right-wing uh, website and radio thing. Media Corporation. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you, James. That's why you're here. Uh, yeah. And, uh, so so obviously we're, we're, we're quite tight together and um, certainly the right-wing were very, very fond of Steve Bannon. They were tight. They, they then had a kind of a, a parting of the ways. But then uh, The Guardian published some excerpts of a book written by the journalist Michael Wolfe, a forthcoming kind of tell-all book about the days leading up to the election, in which it's purported that the Trump team were not expecting to win and didn't want to win because they all saw... (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) Surprise, you won. Uh, Where they they all saw, you know, fame and fortune and TV deals and, uh, you know, in Trump's eyes. uh, Oh, yeah, Trump just wanted to make Trump media. Yeah, Trump network. replacement for all the Foxes and the the CNNs. This book is all about the chaos that ensues once the Trump team take to office. And again, Michael Wolff is a rather controversial journalist in that... He doesn't seem to record any of his interviews. It's all just like kind of from recollection or from memory. Yeah. He's had a few kind of issues in the past. Regardless, he's written this book. Some excerpts were in The Guardian. And yeah, I imagine that the Trump camp was not all sunshine and roses in the first few days. That's probably fair to say. And also the fact that this came out and it's a Steve, you know, Steve Bannon uh, quotes in which he talked about Donald, uh, Donald Trump's son having a, a so yeah, quote unquote treasonous meeting with the Russians, yeah, etc. etc. And all this chaos, and Donald Trump came out, and then yeah, said that Steve Bannon lost his mind. This is meant to be like his great pal, James. What on earth happened here? Well, Steve Bannon's kind of told the truth about some things. I I would expect, um, and the truth's probably not the best thing, even from one of your vague supporters. They can I don't know. I don't know why he's done it. Is he trying to be more famous now? Trying to trying to get himself some acclaim, having left the can left the not the campaign anymore, left the president. Uh, I, I don't know why it's ha- why why it's happened. 
it will be an interesting read for anyone who chooses to read it. I really just do do hope that the interviews were recorded this one time. They were actually recorded. Well, lawyers for the President of the United States have sent a cease and desist to, uh, I think, Mr. Wolf and also to, to Steve Bannon so that they can't publish any more. It's a uh, good sign, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that means that the book's definitely all lies. And also when... you can't print it if it's lies. <laughs> when the, uh, the President is sending out cease and desists it's just another, I mean, head scratcher is an understatement. You gotta wonder who's giving him this kind of advice. Like, he handles every single situation in the opposite way to how he really should. Well, I don't know what lawyers he's hired. It's probably the, like only two people in the in the country that would work for him. Now, I, again, I don't know, because Michael Wolff has had a lot of controversies in the past, I don't know how accurate the excerpts that were published were. However, if you read them, they're very good. They're, they're very, pretty bad, yeah. They're very entertaining. They're they're entertaining. They're, they're, worth, they're, they're entertaining, reading. entertaining in like a really horrifying way. Like watching. Yeah, if it was of, fiction, it would be almost funny. Yeah, exactly. It would be like kind of you know black comedy, satire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, here we are in reality. However, uh, Steve Bannon then on his uh, his radio show on on Breitbart News called Trump a great man, mm. and then uh, just earlier, uh, and I'll play a clip here actually of uh, of Mr. Trump. See what he said to that. So we want to thank you all for being here. We have a. A great spirit going in the Republican Party. I think it can be bipartisan. I hope it's going to be bipartisan. And uh, we can take care of a lot of problems. We can take care of a lot of problems. It would be really nice to do it in a bipartisan way. Okay? Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. I don't know, he called me a great man last night. So, you know, he obviously changed his tune pretty quick. All right, thank you all very much. Yeah, we wouldn't say he's changed his tune. So if he's not changed his tune, then then what is calling him a great man doing? Also, just to say, Steve well, Bannon, did not, he did not deny the quotes. He just called him a great man. Yeah, I don't think anything that Bannon said in the book or in the interview implies that he doesn't think Donald Trump's a great man. Uh, you can think someone's someone's a great person and they've also done a lot of things of varying legality i don't but i don't think bannon's got any principles no, well so, hey. yeah and also this this for me is most interesting because it's seeing how trump supporters are reacting to this now if you ever want to be really really frustrated or you know just to just to laugh at them to be honest go on the donald reddit I don't know if you ever oh, have. Oh man, yeah, have some that of place it is terrifying. Oh, it's, oh, it's absolutely. It's literally the most, the most right wing, ardent supporters of Trump possible, and everything is like caps lock and exclamation mark and oh, crooked Hillary, this and that. it's it's very entertaining, but also horrifying. And uh, reading some of the posts of people who are posting about Bannon, being like, "What on earth is happening?" And people are saying, "Oh no, this is just a, like a, an extravagant chess move by Trump. He knows what he's doing. They're just pals, you know. Maybe it's like yeah, got yeah. something like, like guys, come on." The thing is, it could be it could be some sort of a move like that. Like if the if the book goes out and all the media covers all the different quotes, and then at the end it's like, haha, it was all a lie. It would at that point devalue all basically anti-Trump media from then on because it would everyone would be like, well, the last time it was a lie, so it'll be a lie this time too. I don't think it's that, but it could be. <laughs> it, would be it could be a bit of a scheme. An extraordinary move by the president of the United States to do that. Well, it probably wasn't Trump's idea. If anything extraordinary <laughs> happens, it probably isn't Trump's idea. Okay. All right. That's enough Trump for, for one week. Shall we move on to some, some more fun stuff? Oh, you think it's going to be fun, do you? Well, this is the one talking from kind of one ardent fan base to another. Star Wars 
episode eight, which is The Last Jedi, which we've been talking about for quite some time. Trailers came out and then kind of reviews came out. James, I kind of already know the answer to this. Have you seen it? I've seen it. Oh, wait, you have? Huh? What? What? <laughs> okay. Well, that changes things. <laughs> my scheme. My scheme is complete. <laughs> okay, let's start. Critics love this film. Yeah, well, I, I would just, I would disagree with that. They gave it a five out of five across the board, but if you read any of the reviews, they do not read like a five out of five. Oh, right, hold on, hold on. Critics, obviously, by the looks of even Metacritic or IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, really enjoyed the film. The, the numbers say so. Yes, okay. The, I the words don't. really enjoyed it. Cool. However, Star Wars fans, real, real, I say real fans, not ones who just kind of picked up from the new ones, the real mm. fans uh-huh. hate this film. Okay. James, I would also I, 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 say some casual fans hate this film. Okay, well, I found them harder to come by. I think the the vast yeah, this, majority, the majority of, people, of the majority of the people that hate this film are fans from like, who yes. like Star Wars from the get go. And, I, and um, everybody, I'd say there's a fair amount of casual people who just watch this film as oh, this is the second Star Wars I've ever seen. Didn't like it either. Okay, well, you are the second person I've spoken to who has have some problems with the film. Everyone else. I think was was like, yeah, it was great. So, first of all, James, before we get into your criticism, why would Star Wars fans hate this film? Uh, because they had hopes and dreams and the film didn't align with them. In what way? Well, so the, like, their big, big dream is about, about characters being very different to what they are. Like Luke Skywalker, for example, people had dreams of him coming, coming and like being the hero who saves, hero? Hero who saves the day uh, again. And, he didn't turn out like that um and big dreams about backstory being revealed and that didn't happen and all these kinds of things that the film just kind of put aside which is all right a film can do that and the fans are overwhelmingly disappointed that they did is that because they built it up so much in their own mind and talked about backstories and theories and all that that when the film actually arrived and it didn't do any of that that's the reason their expectations were just far too high yeah for this argument yeah for this one thing yeah. Okay. Like overwhelmingly, people don't like the film because it didn't satisfy all of the 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 conversations that they've been having about what was potentially going to happen. And why didn't you like it? For the second film in a row, I have no idea how big the bad guys are. I, I, is it just like? Wait, wait, wait. You mean height? Uh, no, like just how, like how how big of a scale? Do they control the whole galaxy, or oh, do they control right. like ten little ships okay. now that they've lost the planet? <laughs> okay. Like, there's no, like, one big problem I have with this f- franchise, the, well, this trilogy so far, is there is no sense of scale. Scale, okay, fair I enough. I have no idea how many bad guys there are in the galaxy. I have no idea how many good guys there are in the galaxy. I, I, used, I thought it was a few, and now it was down to, what, three ships, and then now it's three escape ships. Um, <laughs> I have no idea how, how, how far away things are, because they always get to wherever they need to be in exactly, like, a minute. No how far away it is. There's no journey times. They always do exactly the right thing. Sounds like Game of Thrones. So no, yeah, no sense of scale. It was Game of Thrones-esque sense of scale. No idea what's going on. They just expect us to be, okay, that's how it works. That's one thing. Okay, uh, anything else? Any other problems you had with it? Cool. Uh, problem number two is the casino planet, which I have just dubbed Exposition Planet because <laughs> we went there and then we got told how to feel about the planet. We got told what it represents. We got told everything about it. And we didn't get to make up our own minds or uh, discover anything or feel anything. We just got told by exposition character uh, Rose, uh, 
what to feel and what to do. And nothing really got achieved on the planet. They just happened to find a guy and they got away. Like there was a waste of time. That was that was one problem I had with that. Was that entire scene? It's a huge. If you have a problem with any of the planet, you have a problem with a huge portion of the film. Because I do not know how much the film was on that planet, but it all felt like a waste of time. I don't think. No, I think it, it certainly gave the characters an arc, but I do feel that some of it was kind of shoehorned in unnecessarily. Anything else just before we we quickly jump on? Know more. There's plenty more. Uh, there wasn't enough Chewbacca. <laughs> he sat around. He almost ate a thingy, and then he flew a ship, and that's it. And I kind of like Chewie. We're running out of the old characters. I would have liked a wee bit more Chewie. Okay, well, um, l- let me jump in. I agree with the, the Chewie thing, yeah, but because I've never really had any sort of fond attachment to the old ones, I don't get the same sort of sense of nostalgia. Uh, I'd say the one thing which I noticed, and I didn't mind, but I could see why other people would mind, was the kind of sophomore humour that wouldn't have felt out of place in a Marvel film. You yeah, know, no, okay, we'll get to the humor. Something like at the, the, end. the thing is, I really enjoyed it and I enjoyed the humor, but because I don't have the kind of maybe I don't maybe Star Wars is, is slightly more kind of reverend or reverent or um you know, slightly less tongue in cheek than something like than than the Avengers for example. Maybe it was kind of tonally off, but I enjoyed it was, that. Oh, it oh, it was tonally off and I did not enjoy it. One, because the jokes weren't funny. I thought they were funny. Two, because far too many of them came after a really important scene. And three, because they weren't they weren't in the same like genre of jokes that we're used to. There's not many jokes in the old Star Wars films. There's a few more in the prequel prequels. Yeah. And they are all off like a, like the, the kind of funny lines are people being sarky, people being sarcastic, people insulting each other. In this film, it was all just like a four-year-old wrote what they thought would be funny in this one scene and then in the next scene and then in the next scene and you had like the weird um, guinea penguins running around being weird and you had BB-8 being super annoying and it, it was all not funny. Okay. I, I think I laughed twice and it wasn't because I was sitting there trying to be grumpy. I tried very hard to enjoy the film while I was watching it, uh-huh. including trying to find things funny, but it was all poorly timed and not really funny at all. all right. Okay, well, it's it's certainly the biggest grossing film of 2017. I think it's... Cool, I'm not done yet. Um, <laughs> Come on, we'll speed up, speed up. Cool, BB-8, super annoying. Just the worst character ever. I kind of liked him in the other one. He was kind of funny. This time, they just times everything by 10 and made him annoying. Uh, I, we'll go back to the weird penguin creatures. They were really annoying. Porgs. Uh, porgs. As you, I say, well, either hamster penguins or guinea penguins. Do you know why they were in the film? To sell toys. Incorrect. They were to there sell toys. because the island in which much of the film with, Light, with Luke Skywalker was filmed in Ireland had a massive puffin population, and they cool. couldn't puffins, great. And they couldn't CG out the puffins, and because they were meant to, to be the puffins, they were meant to be on some alien planet. They turned them into porgs. Well, make the characters better. Don't give them camera time. Just have them CG and don't like, get them do anything. You don't have to take them on the Falcon when you leave <laughs> to stay on the Falcon for the rest of the film and probably the rest of the franchise. Okay. Um. So we've already gone over how it wasn't funny, in my opinion. Look. I also found that most of the writing was super simple. All of the... Every single character, every time they tried to say anything, it was just like they were trying to say the coolest possible thing in that moment. Every single scene was an attempt to be super iconic. Um, and everything that got a name was named really stupidly. They called up Short Lady from the last film, and she was in a fight for some reason, yelling down a camera. She was. Uh, selfie mode, which is really annoying. And she named a thing the Master Codebreaker, which is just like a four-year-old named it, and then later <laughs> on in the film, there was a cannon which was going to act as a battering ram, so they called it the Battering Ram, ram Cannon, 
which is also is like a four-year-old wrote it. Right. I just find that most of the <laughs> things that were like written dialogue or names were, were like a four-year-old okay. wrote them. Okay, I sense that this could probably span an entire episode. So let's just say in a very, 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 very brief sentence, what does episode nine need to do to kind of bring back the viewers or the, the, the people who've gone to see it that just they've now lost? Forget trying to be funny. We're not supposed to go into a Star Wars film to laugh at everything. That's just it. Like I think if they tried if they because they got characters really right. Uh, the Kylo Kylo Ren was a great character for the whole thing, uh, incredibly well acted. Uh, Mark Hamill also put in a really great performance as Luke, and he had a cool character arc, even if I didn't agree with how it started. And um, we got well, basically all the characters were well acted except one or two, um, which were poorly acted probably because the dialogue was bad. Uh, but also like just. To, to highlight the one best thing about the film, <laughs> two best things about the film, aside yes. from amazing characters, uh, it looked incredible. Like most of the scenes I could just happily have as my wallpaper background on my <laughs> computer, which is great. And also the throne room fight was amazing. One of the like the best fight we've had yet in Star Wars. It was just so cool. So the film had good things, which makes it almost balance out to a solid, this is a passable film. But to me, it felt like if it was, and this is because Disney owns Marvel too, if it was one of the Marvel films and it was this good, it's maybe one of the worst Marvel films. Oh, that's interesting, because I, I, yeah, I'm the opposite. I kind of went in, I, I had a good time. Like, yeah, sure, I had a few problems with it, but I think it was really good. I really enjoyed it. You're allowed to enjoy it. That's the thing. We've... I'm happy some people got to enjoy this. I think, I <laughs> okay, think a lot of okay, kids okay. are going to enjoy Enough. it and fall in love with Star Wars, and that's great. Right. I'm, I'm thoroughly, after, after knowing the director, I'm just disappointed. We're done. Okay, let's move on. Gambit, the film which we've been talking about for literally years. Two years? Three years? I think genuinely since one of the early episodes. This Early uh, episode one. Gambit is a character who is in one of the poor X-Men Wolverine adaptations. He's in it for like 20 minutes, played by Taylor Kitsch. And he's, oh, you mean in the films? Yeah, yeah. He, he, makes, he makes things explode, is what he does. Yeah, he puts kinetic energy into objects. Yeah, Channing Tatum has been attached to this project forever, and now, at last... Potential energy into objects? <laughs> at last, they are filming Gambit. It's about to start, uh, I think, next month or so. So that's that's a thing. You know, we like to follow things through to the end, right? Well, we'll see if Disney do cool. after they buy it, you know? That's very true. We, fo- we follow <laughs> through. That's what we do, James. We follow through. Sure, yeah, we, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's just uh, talk about our kind of best <laughs> best of 2017 uh, in kind of film and TV. Oh, Let I me start. Have time to think about this, Colin, Indeed. because I was just trying to pit- think about Star Wars. Okay. Well, you have a think, and I'm just going to talk for you. But you need to listen to me. You've heard of me talk for you know for three years at this point. Uh, so just for for people who um, haven't had a chance to, to to go out and see any movies in the last year, I'm going to give you three that I would suggest you see. The first one being Get Out. Now, this film was uh, is one from uh, Bloomhouse, um, the kind of small time, well, not small time anymore, production house who've created lots of kind of cult horror films in the last 10 years. Let me just start with saying Get Out is not what I'd call a horror film. It's more of a thriller. It's a psychological thriller. Yeah, that's, yeah I'll give it that. And it is... My favourite film of 2017, I was absolutely blown away by it. I'm not going to go uh, in, kind of into spoiler mode, but it's uh, it's timely. It's kind of set in America, uh, racial you know issues here, left, right and centre. And it's just so well done. And I'm just not going to talk about it anymore. Just go see it. Get out. It's so good. James, did you see it? Uh, um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Definitely oh, worth seeing. Yeah. Um, blown away by that. Yeah. If uh, you haven't seen it, 
Watch it now before you forget. Right now. Pause the podcast. There, <laughs> there's a lot of other films we, I could have listed. Blade Runner, I think, was excellent. Dunkirk, again. Wait, are you going to list things that aren't in your three? No, no, no. So I'm just I'm just like just touching on a few before I get to, no, to number two. That's what you're doing. Now that now, sorry, now sorry, I'm just going to say those ones okay, back hold on. It's not going to be interesting. Okay, hold on. Number two. Number two for me was Moonlight. Now, Moonlight uh, won the Oscar eventually after the whole La La Land fiasco. It's a film which never got quite as much limelight as La La Land because it didn't have the big shiny production and the singing dancing numbers but in terms of a film acting wise uh the characters the whole thing i thought was absolutely brilliant and um if you don't mind kind of a <laughs> a sandy hand scene let's call it that <laughs> a sandy hand scene I oh, know, right, cool. That no one's going to understand unless they've seen it, so they're already fine with it. That's true. Anyway, okay. I know for a fact that Moonlight is currently in the UK on Amazon Prime, Amazon Instant Video, Amazon whatever. You can oh. watch it there. No, I think it's, it's I think it's fantastic. So so see if you can uh, check that out. The last film, which is just a, a full on guilty pleasure, it was kind of well reviewed and uh, and and well received. Okay. It didn't make an awful lot of money. Right. Logan Lucky, all right, which. Uh, which you mentioned Kylo Ren there. It stars Adam Driver, stars Daniel Craig, Channing yeah. Tatum, um, yeah. and also the guy from Family Guy. What's his name? Seth? Seth MacFarlane. MacFarlane, yeah. And it is it was the most flat-out enjoyable film for me. It's one of these ones you get some popcorn, you get some drinks, you sit back and you enjoy it. It's Yeah, you're not going in to watch an Oscar film so you love it twice as much. True. Because you've, yeah. And it's, 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 it's essentially a heist film, but it's a comedy. Yeah, yeah. But I think people would have seen, it got marketed quite well. So, but again, yeah, it was great. So if you haven't seen it, watch it. If you, yeah, you can, you, you, yeah, I think it's out, uh, certainly on, on DVD and all that. So if you haven't seen Logan Lucky, if you just want a good time, Logan Lucky is an absolute blast. So James, over to you. Well, do we count Dunkirk? When, when did that even come out? It feels like it was so long ago. That was July, I think it came cool. out. Cool. Dunkirk for starters, even though you've already mentioned it. Uh, Only briefly. Here they be- yeah, I know, but you, yeah, it's fun. Uh, Dunkirk's are worth seeing. Everyone who hasn't seen it, I don't know who you are. Go watch it. Can I, um, can I just interject? Sure. No, you're the you're the movie guy. So go ahead. <laughs> um, Harry Styles. How was his performance in that? Uh, acceptable. You don't. If you don't know who he is, you won't think hey, this guy's not an actor. That's very true. Okay, continue. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Let's go for War for the Planet of the Apes. Oh, that's a very good show. I was surprised by how much I liked that one because I thought it was going to be even worse than the one which was even worse than the one before it. But it was great. Hey, I like that trilogy. I like the trilogy, but it was I thought it was in a downward a, a decline. Second second one's actually Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is actually better than Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Eh, yeah. Maybe. Because Dawn is better than Rise, but there we go. Oh, and then of course, um my favorite film of the year, Blade Blade Runner. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Ah, glorious. I loved every moment. Um it's not for everyone, again, but it was fabulous for me. I think we touched on it at the time and saying it is it's certain audiences will like it certain people i i know would not like it yeah if you can't enjoy a slow film you won't enjoy this because it, it it paces it it takes its time with things it lets it you does. try and work stuff out which i enjoy in a film i don't enjoy when a film just tells you exactly what you're supposed to feel every second okay well in 2017 there wasn't an awful lot of what i'd call knockout tv unless you can prove me wrong james uh well n- nothing nothing <laughs> spectacular comes to mind okay. just a standard nothing that's new like so there's se- there's season twos of a lot of things yeah. that are great but i don't really want to put them on a thing because it's just whatever's new true uh, so um, i did really enjoy godless more than i thought i would i have still to watch that it's on netflix um, again its genre is western so people that don't like westerns probably won't like it it's quite it's violent a bit slow so people that don't like things that are a bit slow won't like it and it's quite violent so people that don't like violence probably won't like it okay 
Uh, you know, Godless, I think, was, was certainly on my list. But um, because there wasn't, yeah, an awful lot, I want to talk about Black Mirror, which season four landed on Netflix uh, just uh, at the tail end of December. Yeah. I've watched episodes one and two. The first one was the USS Callister, which is set on a yeah, kind of mm-hmm. in space-ish. Well, yeah. yeah. Space-ish. Depends on your interpretation. And, uh, indeed. But it's, it's the one in which everybody's on a spaceship. You've probably seen the advert or the trailer for it. And the second one was uh, the one directed by Jodie Foster, which I think was called Archangel. Archangel. Have you seen them, James? I've seen episodes one through five. Let's talk about one and two, and then I'll, I'll have caught up by by next week. Yeah, homework for next week for <laughs> anyone that is willing, watch Black Mirror. Yeah, and, and for anyone who's... You know, I had a friend asking about storylines and characters. Black Mirror, every episode is its own self-contained story. There is no running thread yeah. or narrative, so you don't need to worry There's about it. There's just the occasional reference yeah. to one of the, other, one of the other episodes, but nothing that is important. Yeah, so... Just, just what were your thoughts then on on episodes one and two? Let's start with one. Episode one, I loved. It was amazing. Yep. Um, I think Fat Damon put in a wonderful <laughs> performance. Captain Damon. What was his actual name? It's, that's it? Jesse Plemons, who's from Breaking Bad. Well, and um, amongst other things. Well, he's he best. He's certainly best Fargo. known. Yeah, he's best known for Breaking Bad, though. And he was great in Fargo. There we go. He was. He was great both in terms of the having to act poorly, but acting poorly very well. Oh, absolutely. And um, acting a bit creepy and also in a sympathetic way. Uh, I, I think episode one just hit so many things perfectly. I, I loved it. What about you? What were your thoughts on episode one? Episode one, I, I did, yeah, likewise, loved it. The only issues I had with it were it was almost like it wasn't a Black Mirror episode in that... I don't think it had quite the same darkness about it in that, you know, Black Mirror is pretty grim and for once they kind of give you a happy ending. Um, well, yeah. And also, and also I'd say Black Mirror, that, like that is certainly the kind of grandest episode they've ever done. Like the, the money they must have spent on that episode to get all the, you know, the CGI was, must have been absolutely mental. It's a really good sign if they can spend that much money. Absolutely. On the only thing is that Black Mirror, I guess I like Black Mirror when it makes me think or when it leaves you with something. Okay. Whereas and you th- don't think this one, uh, this one did it. I don't think it did, but I just think it was a great hour of TV. I thought it was absolutely f- uh, fantastic. Hour and a half or something. Yeah, it was like hour seventeen, but no, it was and really good. I thought I, it was fantastic. I would slightly disagree about the no leaving of questions. I think depending on what you think about how well, how much you think about technology and all this stuff and simulations and all that it leaves you with a lot of questions yeah. okay and uh, episode two archangel uh, i'll just start with this one i didn't think much of this one i thought it was kind of okay i uh, the thing i found most difficult to believe was the fact that the daughter who is meant to be 15 looks at least 35 she looked, you know she looked so old when later on in the thing when it's like oh she's just 15 now no I lost <laughs> she's it. I not 15 i thought it was okay yeah, i thought was... it was kind of a nice premise but it was very much kind of stretched to its limit uh, I think even yeah. a 50-minute running time was generous. Yeah, but again, I think an uh, important thing to think about, like if we had access to this technology, what would we do? How, who would depend on it? Would we depend on it? Would it become the way it did super creepy and controlling? Okay, well. Um, so yeah, as much as I think it was weaker in terms of the characters, I think it was still strong in terms of the overall question it wanted to ask fair enough okay let's uh, move on lastly to the golden globes which i believe are this sunday i think yes they are this sunday um in hollywood it's the hollywood foreign press who decides uh these ones let's just talk about the big four let's make some predictions i know we haven't seen all these films some of these films actually aren't out yet in the uk let's just start with um 
best mo- best motion picture drama. There's five nominees for each. You've got Dunkirk, you've got The Post, you have Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and Call Me By Your Name. Now, James, which of these have you actually seen? Just Dunkirk, I believe. Yeah. Okay, well, I've seen Dunkirk and Call Me By Your Name. Okay. Uh, the other three, I think, come out oh, in the, probably the next few weeks in the UK. I have a feeling it will be... It might well be Call Me By Your Name. Now, that one is the kind of... Uh, it's another gay film, essentially. And by that, he means he means just literally it's a, it's it's, a gay It's film. a gay film. It's a film. It's, not like, it's not like trying to be cool. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Or insulting to, to a massive part of the community. Uh, no, I, it's, it is very, very good. It's uh, exceptionally well acted. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, who is nominated, we'll get to him. He is astounding as the main character. It's almost like you're watching him... And he's just a, he's just a guy, and the rest of them are all actors. It's he's absolutely brilliant, and I can see I could see them give it to, to that film. So we'll wait and see. Carl, Best motion Carl, picture. Can I just can I just say that I really want The Shape of Water to win? Well, like, me too. Actually, I think that would be grand. I mean, look at look at the film. It's it's fantastic. It's Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, I want it to win very much. I don't think it will, but that's the one I want to win. Well, you never know. It's won it's won quite a few of the kind of indie critic awards, so yeah, you never know. True, true. But in yeah, we the, the indie critics care care more about some different things. That's true. Okay, best film, musical, or comedy. You have the Disaster Artist, Get Out, uh, yeah. Greatest yeah. Showman, I Tonya, and Lady Bird. Any picks there, James? Tough call. Really tough call. Um, I expect Lady Bird will win. I would prefer it if Get Out won, and I would really prefer it if The Disaster Artist won. Have you seen The Disaster Artist? I still haven't. Okay, I've seen it. James Franco is wonderful. Yeah. He is so good. The thing is, for such a weird film, for such a weird idea, it's received such high acclaim. Yeah. I think, I don't think it has a chance. I think it's a straight shoot before, uh, between Get Out and Lady Bird. So I would probably give that to Lady Bird, I think, because it seems to be doing rather well. Never, Lady Bird is, is a more awardsy kind of film. Yeah, indeed. Okay, the uh, penultimate one will go to uh, Best Actress in the Drama. You've got Jessica Chastain for Molly's Game. That's just come out. Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water. Frances McDormand for Three Billboards. Meryl Streep, of course, for The Post. And uh, <laughs> Michelle Williams for the Kevin Spacey-less All the Money in the World. Yep. What are your thoughts there, Colin? Well, because I have not seen any of these ones yet, because none of them are out yet, I think they'll give it to Frances McDormand for three billboards because her even in the trailer you're just like you're awesome yeah no she, yeah she she's lost she's lost into the role oh, there absolutely. you have no idea uh, and last but not least best performance by an actor in a motion picture we have Timothy Chalamet for Call Me by Your Name Daniel D Lewis in his last ever film Phantom Thread uh, Tom Hanks for The Post Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill for Darkest Hour and Denzel Washington oh, yeah. for Roman J Israel Esquire. A film which is I've barely heard a peep about, but he's he's nominated. Of course he is. He's Denzel Washington. Yeah. Denzel Washington gets a nomination again. The only one I've seen there is Timothy Chalamet, and he is oh he's fantastic. He's absolutely brilliant. Uh, I reckon they'll give it to him. Okay, but potentially, potentially Daniel Day Lewis because it's like oh it's his last because one. it's Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, it's yeah. his last time. Go on. Yeah, but it's not his last time. It's his last time until he comes out of <laughs> retirement in two years. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's the Golden Globes. Uh, any picks for you for that one? I got nothing. Nothing. I haven't seen any of those. So. Like it's just it's just one guy and then a bunch of cliche <laughs> awards nominees, right? So it could Tom be Tom Hanks, Denzel Washington, you know, usual. Okay, yeah, none of them are surprises, so it could be any of them. I think this is it's certainly the Golden Globes is certainly kind of the the best indicator of what's going to do well at the Oscars. Usually is which yeah. usually not all the time, but you certainly usually 
And uh, no, I expect uh, Call Me By Your Name to kind of clean house in certain car- categories. So yeah, we'll wait and see. We, we will wait. We will wait and we will wait with anxiety and fear. <laughs> okay, James. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, I will see you in audio form next week. <laughs> He'll hear you next week. Okay. Take it easy. Bye-bye. And all you at home, I won't hear you, but oh, yeah. you'll hear me. And also, uh, 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 you know, message us. See so parade, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook. Do it. Oh, yeah. Or just send a retext, you know. Or a nude. Don't. Again, don't do that. <laughs>